0: Welcome Back to Filmcraft. Was that a siren?
1: No, that was a girlish, uh, excited
0: squeal. The Ned Flanders squeal. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Purple curtains. Uh, All right, we are uh, episode 95. Getting pretty close to 100. 95? Goddamn. Five away.
1: that's crazy, man.
0: I know. Can you believe it's almost been a hundred episodes?
1: We really got to find out what we're doing for a hundred.
0: It's good that it's happening around the quarantine. I get agree. It. We'll get there pretty quickly.
1: Definitely. And we'll do something awesome. Until then, what are we going to talk about today, Steve?
0: We're going to talk about tools that we use for pitching our ideas to people, and how best to communicate. The vision and just the general, I guess, mm-hmm. tone and whether it be pitching it to actors, producers or whatever.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think we're in a pretty unique situation to for you and I to talk about this. We have pretty much an all encompassing view of this on the micro budget level. Like I've pitched projects that we've made um, to you and to other people you've pitched projects in the same fashion and then we've pitched project what we don't say together to other people to bring them onto the projects
0: yeah we've had a lot of different experiences with pitching stuff in different scenarios so then we can draw from all the moments and paint a picture of what it's like
1: i'm a huge fan of mad max fury road it's tied for my favorite action movie of all time i think it's a 10 out of 10 movie you really enjoyed it too didn't you
0: yeah i saw it in theaters Had a great time yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely um but shockingly for someone who loves that movie so much i had never seen any other mad max movies
0: that's your first one
1: yeah. Fury Road. And when I saw it, my roommate, Adam, at the time, he was like, man, we should go see this Mad Max movie. And like, I think everyone knows the title Mad Max in one way or another, even if you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, what's it about? He's like, the whole thing's just a car chase. Like, that sounds so fucking stupid. I don't want to watch. That. <laughs> <laughs> but we went and it's one of the few times that a movie's ended and I've just been floored. Like, I I was so impressed with it. Like you said, had a great time watching it. And yeah, yeah, I think I saw it in the theaters three, four times, something like that. Mm -hmm. But regardless of this, that's the only Mad Max movie I'd ever seen. Until the other day, I decided to watch the first Mad Max movie. And knowing what I know about Fury Road, because I'm such a huge fan of it, I know that Tom Hardy didn't get along with George Miller while they were filming Fury Road. And one of the biggest reasons was because he said he couldn't see George Miller's vision in his head when they were filming. He didn't know what he was going for. And the first interview he gave, which was after they debuted at Cannes, I think it was, started with like a half hour apology to George Miller because he had just seen the movie. He's like, fuck, now I know what you're going for. And he got it, right? And watching the first Mad Max movie, the one from 79 with Mel Gibson, That's one of the only things I could think about because it's such a strange movie in terms of pretty much everything, like the aesthetic, the kind of world it introduces and the pacing of it. Everything is very, very different. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. even if you were to take it back to 1978, and George Miller is taking this script around just based off reading the script. I think you would still have a lot of like, oh, okay, what is this guy going for? And even if he was to sit you down be like, okay, so it's this world that's like dystopian post-apocalyptic kind of thing, but not really, but kind of is. And like all the cops drive muscle cars and they all wear leather and shoulder pads and there's gangs, mm-hmm. but, and there's cities, but there's like not really cities and the cops are kind of cops, but not cops. You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) It's a really hard thing to properly convey, but he had the, he had it in his head, right? He had the images, the concepts, everything. So I thought it'd be a really interesting idea to talk about how we communicate our visions and our ideas, whether it be through words, through script, script, whatever tools you use to really get it in people's heads, what you mean, because that's a really, important part of the process I would think and like when we were pitching what we don't say we had a very specific like here's how the story goes down this is the relationship between these characters here's how it is and making people see that because we didn't have a script we didn't have anything so we were strictly just communicating our vision and kind of like the roughest of rough so yeah I mean just based off of your experience of pitching and communicating visions, what are the most practical and helpful things for you to kind of get that across? Cause I know like even your, the short, you just did the crazy for you. Mm-hmm. That premise is, it's not a super out there premise, but I would consider it a very unique, but real premise. So what things, how did you communicate that? You know?
0: Well, like with certain stories, like, you know, when we talk about, what We Don't Say, or even My shirt Crazy for You, or even Party Stories. These are all ideas that take a little bit of explaining, but I think very quickly you get what the story is about and easily you could convey what the the tone and the feeling of the movie is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It just requires a little bit of, you know, getting some things across. Like, is, is it grounded? Does it feel realistic? Is it a little comedic so leaning a little towards a little more you know zany kind of stuff kind of like maybe like a coen brothersy kind of thing or is it very much serious and i guess maybe like a maybe like you know think of something like a like a david fincher kind of thing it's stylized and really more about getting like the maximum effect across uh-huh. but at the same time it isn't like surreal it's very grounded like we're in a world that seems believable although it is somewhat dark and tonally very different than you know most people's actual lives but these all kind of fall into a spectrum of like we can convey this but you know when you when we talk about something like Mad Max or something that's more epic or of a genre or of like sci-fi that isn't really grounded in our world and kind of more surreal, um, fantastical. You have to really know everything about that world before you can tell someone else about like what you're seeing in your head. So I think even with our films, like even with Crazy for You, I can give someone the concept and tell them like the relationships in the story, and I always find that very helpful and easy. And then I give them like a film, you know, I want it to look like this film, or, or I want it to feel like this movie because uh, I remember early when we were talking about Crazy for You and I was mentioning like one of the scenes you're like oh it's like you know a scene from like Kickass but for me Tony totally, I was like no no Kickass has a similar maybe moment um, but it's tonally very different from like my film because Kickass is like a super out uh, out of the ordinary like what happens in that movie and the characters and the action it's super uh, sensationalized in a way but in my Mm -hmm. movie everything is super grounded and nothing is um unbelievable like i tried to make everything as like believable as possible everything that happens so even tonally i would i would have to say something more like oh no i think my movie tonally and just overall might feel something more like i don't know um you know leave no trace uh the deborah granick film so like for you when you pitched what we don't say how is your cuz you had to pitch it to me I guess first
1: Yeah I mean you were the first person that I had ever talked about what we don't say to and it was like to, it was an idea but I wouldn't call it much more than an idea when when I brought it up to you at first, like, okay, maybe it was an idea and it had a start, a finish, and kind of a a tone. But other than that, there was really nothing. And I think even when you and I went to take it out to find actors, because we cast Rachel and Cougar before we even had the first draft, we really didn't have any of that either. Um, but I think I thought about it for a decent amount of time before I had brought it up to you. And Mm -hmm. like I'd mentioned before on the podcast, one of the the way that I think of ideas is they'll just kind of come to me and I'll try and forget them. And if they keep coming back, then that's an idea worth exploring, right? This Mm -hmm. was one of those ideas. So once it kept coming back to me, I thought about it just enough where it got to a point where I was like, I could feel comfortable probably talking to Latif about this probably no one else because <laughs> <laughs> i think that the amount that i had thought about it in my head was just enough to communicate it to someone that i knew i worked really well with in film and then someone that i knew i wanted to develop this with which was obviously right. you um whereas if an actor had come up to me and they're like what idea do you want to make next and i knew i had this i wouldn't Be able to properly communicate it to them yet but once i said like i remember it was in post-production party stories i was like latifah i have an idea here's Mm -hmm. the idea uh it's a love story here's the beginning here's the end here's the tone and the kind of i don't want to say pacing but the kind of style like Mm -hmm. very very natural very uh unelevated like try and keep it as grounded as possible
0: right and i guess it was loosely based on something that you experienced as well so it was very connected to you the world yeah totally yeah
1: yeah i remember too in that first pitch being like you know it's kind of based off this thing that i went through but i never want that to come into it like to the point where we intentionally never told anyone involved with the project because i didn't the last thing i ever wanted was for someone to say like if we were doing a rewrite and Mm -hmm. there was a scene that wasn't working i wouldn't want someone to say well what happened to you and because i'd be like this isn't i'm not writing the story of what happened to me i'm writing the um, borrowing the idea, the overarching kind of thing of what happened, but yeah. injecting different characters into it and making this fictionalized world and scenarios kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what? I think there's something to that for, you know, the scenario and that you separated yourself from it pretty early. So when we sat down and talked about scenes and wrote like our initial draft, everything was fabricated. We took the, <laughs> the feeling of the idea that you started with and then we kind of diverged and made just a bunch of different scenes that we thought worked and put it together. So initially um, it was kind of helpful, I guess to kind of separate yourself from the project.
1: I mean, it was for, for two reasons. Like one, I wanted to make a movie where we could really explore these very, very human relationships within this, you know, Beginning and end that we had already for this story, and then two is just I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to see myself on screen, so to speak, and I didn't want to be constrained in any way. Mm -hmm. So it's like if we thought of a scene that was awesome, like the fair scene, which ended up being really, really awesome in the movie, I didn't want to be like, well, that didn't happen to me, so we're not, we're not doing that. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so one thing that I think would be interesting for the audience to hear is like when I come to you, when I came to you and said I have this idea for a movie, you know, at the time it had no title. I had a tone, a beginning, and an end, and, and I just kind of probably talked about it for a couple of minutes. How did that strike you in terms of like did it feel like a kind of realized idea, or were you like I can kind of see some scraps here that we can build into something? How did it hit you?
0: Yeah, when we when we first talked about it, like you didn't come to me with any like actual materials. You just had like the kind of basic pitch for the story, Mm -hmm. and I think from there, what I found helpful was just asking you questions, like to dive deeper past the initial pitch. And I think that might be useful for people when they're talking to someone else to know, like maybe you can already present information. And they might even not know to ask the questions. So for me, those questions were like, um, what is the, I guess, like feeling of the movie? Like, what, what what is a good representation of like how the movie is supposed to feel? And I think you mentioned it like it's a summer movie. It's supposed to feel like it happens over, you know, a couple months, but like during summer and they're outside, it's beautiful, they're at parks and... That was very quickly like, oh, I could see that in my head because we're Mm -hmm. basing it in Vancouver. So already like location, um, you know, time of year, like season and the duration of the story. It all happens over a few months. Like that was all really helpful.
1: And uh, one thing that I think is really important when you're two things, actually, I'll say that I think is really important when you're going to just pitch something where you don't have any materials for it like you don't have a script you're pre all that you're just kind of throwing out out an idea to someone that you think could help develop it Mm -hmm. is the tone is probably the biggest thing like try and picture a movie or two that you'd be similar to like don't picture one and be like yeah you know i'd want to rip off star wars like what do you want to make i want to make star wars but not Mm -hmm. star wars let's rip off star wars like don't do something like that but have some kind of reference movies that you know even if you're not going to end up being a lot like that there's aspects of those movies that you could say it's you know it's a summary movie like this or maybe it's the kind of tone of this movie and that'll be a good way for whoever you're pitching this to to fill it in, in in their head and i think another thing that gets people really tripped up with the idea of pitching their ideas or trying to communicate their vision is the idea of sitting down and when you're trying to communicate it it doesn't work you kind of fail at it and I would say don't really worry about that because if you sit down and you try and explain your idea but it doesn't really come through you're going to learn okay you know the sequence of words I just said didn't effectively communicate my vision so let me try these sequence of words and it's exactly like rewriting a script if a scene doesn't work you just rewrite it again and again and again and if you pitch three four times even if it's just just to yourself by the time you get to that fourth or fifth pitch you know you're going to be able to at least somewhat communicate your vision and then if you have someone as awesome as latif on the other end he'll be able to ask a couple questions to fill in the rest in his mind kind of thing
0: and even just asking you, I think, what kind of movies do you picture? And then you rattle off a couple names and I could kind of like put them together in my head and be like, okay, I kind of get the the feeling of, of what you're going for here.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so let's stay on the what we don't say train just for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll diverge and cover some crazy for you and party stories. But after that first kind of call it initial pitch... I'm actually kind of fuzzy on this now. So we had the initial pitch and we were finishing party stories. We were finishing post on that. So right after that, we just got in a room and we started throwing out ideas to each other, like left and right, right? Like what if there was a scene of X? What if there was a scene of Y? What if that led to Z? And then we made a very, very rough outline, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we talked about a bunch of ideas for scenes. And then I think I, I was just mentioning things that I thought were interesting that I wanted to see in the movie as well just like social media communication and texting and mm-hmm. all that stuff so we, we we did have like that brainstorm idea meeting
1: yeah so i can't remember did we have that meeting before or after we tried to find actors
0: that was around the same time because i remember we we're developing the idea and simultaneously looking for the actors for it because you wanted to write with the actors already cast
1: mm-hmm
0: so we were looking at some act- actors for the main role. And then we focused a lot on finding the actress uh, that plays Juliet. Because um, we were having a hard time with guys. We actually had yeah. more options for the uh, role of Juliet. So we're doing that at the same time, I remember.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I remember even when we met with actors and actresses, it w- We didn't even have a character name to give them. So if they're like, what's my character? Mm -hmm. We could only really describe kind of the essence and this rough personality we had. Not even that. Like we would say, "I we kind of picture the character like this, this and this. And we were largely trying to feed off of whatever the actor or actress across from us was telling us. So in your recollection, like what was it... How did we do that? Like when we met people, how did we pitch it to them? How did we communicate our vision?
0: Well, we I guess we kind of described like an idea of what we thought would be the ideal, you know, personality for this person. But then we also asked questions of them like, you know, based on what we told you, like, what do you think this person would be into hobbies wise? Or what do you think they would do for a job? And then they started giving us ideas about, what they thought, just based on our initial kind of prototype um, character. So it was like, I remember at one point, we we're like, what do you think this person would do? You know, they're outgoing, they're adventurous, they've got a sharp sense of humor. And then one of the actresses said, oh, maybe she's into axe throwing. And I remember that specifically. I thought, OK, that, that's kind of random, but I could see that. So it was just like mining for information like that.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't remember axe throwing, but that's kind of awesome now that you bring it
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically remember that. So,
1: Yeah, I remember like, it, it was really interesting because once you take the, the idea of you're pitching something or you're trying to communicate a vision, once you take that idea out of your head and you more just tell yourself, we're going to go into a room and it's just going to straight up be a conversation. You know, it's not an elevator pitch. I don't have... 45 or 60 seconds to sell them on this. We're going to have this coffee meeting. It'll be a half hour, an hour, three hours, however long it needs to be, and however well we get along with the potential people across from us, right? Mm-hmm. So once you know that you're, you have the right amount of time to sit there and communicate everything you need to communicate, for me, that really puts a lot more ease into it. And it really just becomes about, hey, let's sit here and talk for a while because we have a beginning, uh, we have an end to this story, and we have a general tone and a bunch of ideas. And let's see if this other person will
0: be on the same page as us. I mean, well, I think what we were doing wasn't like 100% pitching. I, was, I think it was like 70% pitching and then 30, yeah, I agree, 30% mining for ideas from just people in general. Which, you know, it's a little um, out of the norm. I don't think people do that usually, but uh, it was kind of useful. But I, I don't know if it's something that we do for every project. It felt like it was useful for this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's something you have to take project by project. And there's like... I would assume going back to the Mad Max reference, that one would be much, much harder to pitch without a script. I I still don't think it would be easy to pitch with a script. Mm -hmm. But if you were just straight up ad-libbing and kind of saying, here's my thoughts without a script, I think it would be a lot easier for people to get lost.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When we met up with these people whether it was for the lead roles or later when we had a script and we were casting supporting characters and, or just bring on anyone through this entire process. One important thing to keep in mind is like we're, you're pitching yourself as well, right? So like if right. we had met up with actors and actresses and we said, yeah, we're going to make a feature. We don't have a script. We kind of have an idea do you want to talk about it? We've never made anything. We've never made a short. This is the first script I'm ever writing. Then people would be like, um, I don't know if I want to do that, but <laughs> we're like, you know, we just made a feature. We're looking to make our second one. Um, here's our credentials. And I think through that, it was enough for people to be like, okay, I think these people can get this movie made. I think they do have a vision and they know where they're going with it. Even though there's no script, you know, there's not even an outline. There's no characters at this point. It's, we had to install faith in the people we were meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that can't be understated as well. And I'm um, In saying that too, don't just walk into a meeting and be like, I am awesome. I am the best. I have made a movie. My next movie is going to win Oscars. Then people will be like, something's fucked up about this guy. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of what we don't say, because I want to tackle Crazy for You and Party Stories in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other thoughts on just the communication of vision and how we went about that and any kind of tips for the people that were listening things we did that you think went really well that could translate to potential other projects
0: yeah I remember at one point once once me and you agreed on on making the film we also made like a mood board mm-hmm. it was like a bunch of stills from movies that we thought felt like what the movie should look like so it was, it was more aimed towards visuals and color and stuff like that so even for costumes and stuff it was really like, you know what we should, uh, we should post that online for people to see. You still have it on you?
1: Uh, let me check now, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. Sorry, continue. I didn't mean
0: to interrupt you. <laughs> no, you can, you can send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, like that, that was really useful. I think that's something that's useful for anyone because we're dealing with movies. Like it's a visual medium. So when you have like a visual representation of what your movie's supposed to look like, it's extremely helpful for anyone. Um, so what we did was we took some stills from a bunch of different movies. I remember Punch Drunk Love, um, Her, uh, the Terrence Malick film, To the Wonder. Um, so all all those movies kind of felt connected visually in some way. And then we thought like those all feel like things that we want to do with our film. So we took all those stills, put it on a mood board, picked colors and and put them together. And that was really helpful in like creating a visual of like what this movie's supposed to feel like. And I think that's gonna be good for anyone who's you know if you have that like as a necessity, like if you feel like it's important to help you show what this what the movie's supposed to look like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I just pulled up the uh the pitch deck here. Mm-hmm. Man, it is it's pretty awesome to see how much the movie grew, but how much it kinda stayed that initial vision even though it grew so like i'm looking at the mood board right now we've got seven pictures on mm. the mood board right dead center is punch drug glove with that just the silhouette. iconic silhouette silhouette yeah. Yeah. yeah um the top left we've got uh blue valentine wait is that blue valentine probably i think it is yeah, yeah. uh then her then moonlight then we've got la la land um think another one from Punch Drunk Love, actually, yeah, yeah. and then her at the bottom. And I think it actually really, really kind of stayed true to the movie. Like I look at this, and the the colors are very summery. Sure, the one in the top right, Lala Land, it has that purple sunset. We didn't go for anything as stylized as this, like bright violet purple sunset or anything like that but i think it really did effectively communicate like here's the tone of it and to be able to do something like that in just a couple pictures jammed together really on like a collage is is a powerful thing that doesn't require that much time to do so i think i would recommend that for anyone really
0: yeah for sure i'm actually curious to see that um board again i feel like i remember some of the images but it, yeah, that was really, that was really beneficial. But, you know, we're, we're talking about as people who are going to make the film, like I'm not, I don't know if it, if it's really, uh, cause we were pitching it to people for funding when we were doing that. But you know, yeah. like if you're a screenwriter who's pitching it to a director, I don't know if that's necessarily something you'd bring to a director cause it's something they might be more focused on, but you know, if you're the writer, but you also want to direct it and you're pitching it to a producer, that might be a useful tool. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I totally agree. Um, so let's jump real quick and let's cover Crazy for You next. Um, what kind of stuff, like how would you start it in terms of when you started the pitching or communicating a vision to someone that wasn't yourself?
0: Actually, I told, it, I told the idea to a bunch of people right when I had like the initial thought of the idea because it came to me like with an image in my head. All I saw was like the view from behind, like a cargo van looking up out through windows and it's just driving through like a neighborhood and the the trees are kind of uh, in a canopy, like above this, uh, under the sky. So all you see is like these trees moving by from the back of a van. And Mm. that image was like the first image I had, about the movie. And I thought, oh, what could, what could that be? Cause it's a point of view. Whose point of view is it? And then I start to extrapolate from there and, and turn it into like a little scenario. Um, so I would just tell that story to people like, Oh, I've got this image in my head that I can't get out. And I, and I keep kind of playing around with different versions of that. And then once I get an idea, that's exciting to me. I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a fun idea. Then I, then I would pitch that to people. Um, and I remember the first person that I, thought um oh this person might be good for the movie uh was derek um from party stories he's also in what we don't say and i told him the idea and then he was excited about it and it was just through verbal talking like there's no i didn't use any like you know documents or images i just told him the idea in conversation i think at a party (laughs) and he's like that sounds awesome i'd love to do it and it was that simple so that was my initial pitch for crazy for you
1: so when you told him this kind of initial like idea, was it like I have this image in my head? I don't know where it's going to go, or were you a bit further along? You're like I have this is the image that kind of created it, and here's what I think the story is. Where were you in that?
0: No, at that point when I pitched it to Derek, I wasn't kind of like I don't know where it's going to go. I at that point I I mentally had laid out what's supposed to happen, like the broad strokes of the short. So when I told them, I, the way I pitched crazy for you is I, I pitched it with like a bit of a twist. So I I told them like the point of view of one of the characters. And then at the end of the pitch, I revealed what was actually going on. And they, they'd always go, Oh, and then when I got that reaction, I knew that that it was a strong enough pitch or something at least interesting that people would want to know more. Um, so that 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 was like my way of pitching it. There's always like a bit of a, a way to do that with people, and I, I found I found the most effective way with Crazy for You was to like, pitch it with like a bit of like, a, a twist where I don't reveal all the information until the end, kind of like how the film is at points, um, and it mm-hmm. worked, in that scenario. But at then at, at that point, I knew how the story would kind of play out.
1: Okay, so on that note of. Let's call it the evolving pitch, like how I said a couple minutes ago, don't be afraid to pitch even if you don't have a refined version, you'll get there. Did you pitch this initially and some people were like, oh, I kind of don't really know what you're talking about. And did you refine it based off that? Like not a written thing, just mentally.
0: I think the first person I was telling the idea to before I had it like kind of clear, I would tell them like the images and maybe these are the scenarios and they'd be like, okay, I could maybe kind of see something. And I think that's when I started to really refine the pitch itself, but nothing was written. I was still kind of like just refining it in my head, Um, which was useful for me. Um So there, there was a little bit of like, with like the first person I told the idea to a, a little bit of like, you know, juggling this scenario against this one and, and seeing how how they would sound more interesting to someone if I told them the idea. So there was a little bit of that in the beginning.
1: Well, let me start with this. Are you comfortable giving the general premise of the short, or do you want to keep that locked down until it comes
0: out? Yeah, I think I want to keep it locked down. Because like okay. the, the film is definitely... like the more, the more you go into it, the more you learn about the story. So I feel like I don't mm-hmm. want to like give it away right away. Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. So when it
1: came to a point where you were really starting to pitch. So you had Derek on board first, right? The lead actor. Yep. And when it came to a point where it was time to bring on other people, whether it be other actors or crew members, what did you have in your arsenal? Like, did you have some script written at this point? Were you in marching towards pre-production? Where were you?
0: Yeah. At that point, once I started to recruit like other actors and crew, the script was written. Um, And I think I was just doing like rewrites and refining like parts of it at that point. But, um, after I pitched it to Derek, I said, okay, I'm going to start writing this thing. And then shortly after I started, you know, doing scenes and just ideas and eventually I came up with like a, a first draft and I brought him the first draft and he read it and he liked it. And we, um, Brainstorm some ideas so I took some of the ideas he had and we tried to incorporate them into uh, the next draft and then once we were both like okay this is pretty tight like we're both happy with the script and I felt confident to actually move forward into pre-production that's when we started to gather all the other crew but at that point we had like a fleshed out script I think the only thing that I adjusted was tweaking the ending With a few more rewrites, but everything else is pretty solid. So, um, on a personal level, I feel it's really, to me, the most useful weapon in your pitch is the actual screenplay. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) for some people, you might be pitching an idea without the script, which is totally normal. You just have an inkling of an idea and you're seeing if it works. But for me, I've already done that like mini pitch with nothing behind it to someone and they were okay with it. Then I got the script written. And then that's when we went to get all the other necessary people with an actual screenplay. Because at that point, I think you do need the actual material. So
1: Yeah, I was, I was going to say, at that point, is it largely like, we're making a movie, here's what we're doing, you send the script, and that's pretty much it? Pretty much, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that follows the, the usual trend of making a movie. Uh, Is there anything like with that experience, any practical advice you would give the audience?
0: Um, You know, in that scenario specifically, it was a film that I wrote and I directed. So really like all the pitching and all the putting the idea ideas together were really for other people who I needed to help me make the film. So it was you know, for a producer and for some crew, and then for actors, really. So, um, all the actors I kind of knew, so I think they'd be they they would be cool with coming on to do the project. But you know, the child actor I had to source, and I think in that scenario, you you want to get the best talent you can to do this thing because it's you know it's difficult to get good kid actors sometimes. So I I wanted to get the best script I could out there when we were doing auditions for the child actor. And, um, I think people responded really well and we got a lot of people coming in and I narrowed it down to like six potential, um, actors for the role. And, you know, they had sides based on the actual script, which was super helpful. And you know we went from there but uh, you know having the script ready and talking to the the kid and also their parents about like what the role was about it was really helpful so there's you know a little bit of pitching and stuff going on there too
1: all right so moving forward um party stories which i think is going to be an interesting one to kind of pick apart in terms of well in terms of everything really but in this case in terms of pitching and communicating that vision we talked about, because it is the earliest of the projects that we're gonna talk about. You know, we did Party Stories, what, we probably started Party Stories four years ago now?
0: Yeah, it was 2016, right?
1: Yeah, did we film it in 2016 or did we start it in
0: 2016? Uh, Honestly, I can't remember, it was so long ago.
1: Yeah, I can't remember either. Anyways, it's quite a while back. Um. So how the fuck did Party Stories come along? And you must have been the first person that I had taken it to. Do you remember how that got started?
0: Yeah, I think this is actually like right when we started working together for the first time. Because we, you know, we were working with another producer for a while, just like on and off here and there. And mm-hmm. then we played with the idea of starting like a production company and doing commercials and yeah. then that's when we started uh, just working on random projects we did like a web series thing at some point point. and then you started talking about hey what if we do this feature thing I had an idea about I remember we were meeting at that restaurant in Vancouver when we were talking about mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah. Uh, banditas yeah and then we just started talking about it and you were asking me like how could we make this and
1: what's some of the first things that you remember from that like what do you remember from me saying here's this kind of idea what do you think did i have a script at that point i don't think so eh? no script Mm -hmm.
0: i think you just had like um you were just telling me about the character of monk like you had stories oh yeah and you had a a bunch of, like, stories that you were telling me about him that you thought would work and how he could be, like, one of the characters in the, in the movie. And then there's a lot of just, like, relating to your experiences and kind of what the, the feeling of that night was. Like, it's that last night where everyone is together for the last time before everyone takes off.
1: Richard Linklater came up a whole bunch because the whole movie... It's just like a, a nod to how much <laughs> we love Linklater. Um, but with bringing him up and kind of saying like, this is the, the very human tone that we're going for. Did that help put the image and the feel of the movie in your mind?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's almost like that was the first time we did it that way because you were just mentioning a bunch of... Um, things you liked about link films how it was just people having very candid conversations about things and very simple cinematography and really more about the actual conversations and that was like okay that's very clear and that and that was kind of like the thing we we're going for
1: even through the casting process because that's an ensemble movie Looking back at it, we were bold, man. We had a shitload of actors in a very little amount of time for that first movie.
0: I mean, yeah,
1: that was a big bite
0: to yeah, take. And, and that was my first feature film. So even for me, mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, I, I, I was happy with how it turned out. But I think I was just like really, really scraping by to, to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's pretty fair. I mean, it's basically like the first film that any of us had really made and it's what i would consider my film school to a very very large degree so i think just the fact that we we got it made especially like forget the fact that we didn't have any money we had ten thousand actors we shot in what seven days i think yeah pretty much um yeah it was a it was a large undertaking but it was good anyways going back to pitching Um, I think it was pretty much that same pitching mentality even when we started getting actors involved too because we had a lot of people to pitch for and it was at that point it was we had a script and it was conveying this tone saying you know it's very Linklater-esque and then for each person auditioning just kind of going into who their character is and having brief conversations. Do you remember anything else about the the pitching slash communication process for party stories
0: i think we were just talking about technical stuff at, at points too because you were talking about um doing it all in one location and, and and this was more like very initial like you know we can just shoot it at my place and that that was more of like the pitching of like trying to convince me to do it <laughs> and i think <laughs> it was like we'll shoot it at my house we'll just like Do it in the living room and stuff in the basement and the backyard. It'll be, you know, pretty contained. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound too crazy. I think even little things like that, because at that point I was unsure because we'd never worked together really in that capacity. So Mm -hmm. I think at that point it was also just making sure the idea seemed as executable as possible without it seem like this huge undertaking. And, you know, it, it came across as something like, yeah, we could do this.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one thing that it's actually really interesting you bring that up as much as communicating your idea for what the movie is and pitching yourself while you're going into these meetings or whatnot. The ability to say, no, no, we can do this and hear some ideas on how we'll get it done, even if you don't have everything figured out but like Latif mentioned if it's your first movie and you're like look here's how we're going to get it done here's the vision and here's the kind of icing on the cake it's all one location it's all at my place I think that will alleviate a lot of concerns that potential collaborators might have
0: Mm -hmm. for sure because I think the only thing that um, ended up being a little bit of like a how do we how are we going to figure this out was like the car stuff in the movie but, you know, eventually yep. we, we get it all taken care of. But, like, I think when you pitch something like that to someone, you have to, even if it's tough to make, <laughs> you have to kind of pitch it in mm-hmm. a way that seems like we could do it. As opposed to, like, yeah. this is going to be fucking hard. That's not a great way to start your pitch. <laughs> 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 like, it doesn't help.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. And there's some times where you have to do a little bit of convincing to get someone on your wavelength, like on the note of the things that were difficult to film in party stories, the car stuff and that kind of fight scene in the back alley, those jump out as things that were a bit more like, okay, how are we going to do this? We don't really have a plan. But also that opening scene that we cut from the movie, Mm -hmm. that was another thing where it was technically everything was in location. That's in the Mm -hmm. movie, but we did cut an opening scene that wasn't filmed in that location. Mm-hmm. And also on that note, there was one character in that opening scene that only appeared in that opening scene. And I remember when I cast her for it, she was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm right for this. Like, I think I might be, I think she was worried that she was a little too old or too young. And I was like, no, no, no. Like that's all point. This character looks unnaturally old or young mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're like, yeah, okay. And then we just talked about it and it kind of alleviated those concerns. What's, which sucked even harder when I had to call her and tell her that we cut her out of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. But but. But there are, it's an example of, you know, there's times where people will say, well, what about X, Y, and Z? And I think it's a very good thing that they bring those things up in the off chance that you haven't thought of them. It will be another aspect for you to consider because you'd need to, consider that eventually before you went to make it, or it's just a chance for you to say, I've thought of that. I know where you're coming from. And here's my response of why it will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in terms of pitching, I can't really think a party stories is a pretty straightforward thing. It's like, we're going to film a bunch of conversations. It's going to be very naturalistic in pretty much one location. So the pitching of it really wasn't the most complicated thing in the world.
0: Yeah. I, I- Actually I, I think I have a story that might give a little insight onto the opposite end of it because um you remember the script I wrote for that sci-fi thing, Light? Yeah, yeah. So that was a you know, a feature script I wrote a while ago. Um which is in that vein of like very abstract kind of fantastical um science fiction out of this world, not grounded in reality. And I, ha- I remember having to pitch that to someone. Um, so that, that might be something interesting to go into where it's not like just like a normal story with people. It's like something on the opposite end of the spectrum. Well, you tell. At, at one point with that um, film, uh, there was a producer who said that he was interested in making it. And at that point, I had talked about the concept and stuff. And then I started writing it and then I got like a, the, the whole feature script written and we had talked about like how we could make it. And I had put together a bunch of like images together and like a mood board and stuff like that um, for this project, like for crazy for you. I didn't do that at all, but for this project, I felt like I needed to visually ground this film. And I also made like a little trailer for the movie um, using just um, footage i'd shot kind of like planets and space kind of looking stuff in the cosmos and i'd shot it on a, a red camera in like a black room with all uh super slow motion and i cut this trailer together that was supposed to be like the space epic kind of thing but it wasn't like you know it's not like star wars when i when i'm talking about like space i'm not talking about like ship's flying and destroying each other it's really like one person going through space and that was the idea so i managed to cut together a little trailer after that that producer went and approached another producer um one who was a little more experienced and then we were going to talk uh, i was going to pitch the idea to her um i had the script written i had all this stuff in the trailer but at that meeting i was just sitting in front of her and telling her about the story and I think, like, this is a, a funny example of, like, it not going well because it didn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, you know, I really loved the idea. The other producer said he liked the idea, too. So when I approached this second producer, I pitched the story of the idea. Then I talked about, like, oh, it's like this movie. And then the movie I referenced was The Fountain. Um, have you seen The Fountain? No, I haven't. Is it Darren Aronofsky film? Uh where Hugh Jackman is the main character and he's in space and he's like flying in a giant bubble and all this crazy shit's happening. And I love that movie. It's super cool. And it's like totally down my alley. It's something that um, I recommend to anyone who's into that kind of stuff. But uh, I said, it's kind of like the fountain meets and I said another movie. Um, And then (laughs) her response was the fountain. That movie didn't do that well. (laughs) at that point like I kind of sank I was like ugh (laughs) because I knew it wasn't gonna get any better from there because you know you use the movie reference I had everything ready I had the script I had the trailer and had the pitch and then after I said the fountain everything went downhill Um, but it's it's almost one of those ironic things where I, I was super prepared and then it just didn't land like the idea just didn't click with someone um, and it's just so, one of those moments where, you know, you can't really do anything about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. What ended up, how'd the rest of that meeting go?
0: Well, I, I you know, I maintain my passion for the project. I was really talking about, like, how I think this film is going to make an impact in any way and how I've got a unique point of view and how I think I can accomplish the film, like how I can make it like this. Little trailer that I put together. It's all stuff that I shot and cut together, and to me, it feels like what the film feels like. So I, I, I thought because I showed her the trailer and everything, she thought it was cool. But in general, I think she wasn't really like feeling the story. Like she wasn't really getting the the point of it, I guess. Um, and and I, not everyone is going to get your pitch or connect with your idea, so. Sometimes it's just about finding the person who does click with with what you're trying to do. So, you know, the meeting ended. It wasn't like, "Yay, she's on board." I was like, "She's probably going to pass on it," but I did I did feel like I came prepared, and I did the best I could. So, you know, that's all that's all you can hope for.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really interesting thing to put out there as well. That sometimes people just aren't interested and it's not a fault of you know you didn't do it right or you weren't prepared or anything like that i remember years ago when uh, i was thinking about making a short it was that zombie one motif mm-hmm. and i remember writing this script thinking people are either gonna love this or they're not going to fucking get it at all. Mm-hmm. And when I started sending it to people, it was very much like that. Like there were some people that were very enthusiastic. And then I remember this one woman, she read it. She's like, yeah, I read it. Like, cool. What'd you think? She's like, so uh, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, well, oh, we're going to make it. And then like do festivals and all this. She's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> And that was pretty much it. <laughs> and at that point, like, you just have to say, OK, you, like, you know, when you're writing it or even when you're filming it or editing it, not everyone's going to love what you're doing. It's OK if it doesn't land sometimes. And sometimes it's not just for people. So don't let that get you down either.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, I think when you when you just have like a verbal pitch and someone doesn't like it or is kind of like mean about your idea it could have really hurt at that point because yep. you've got no foundation to stand on but at that point i had like the script ready and i had thought about all the visuals and i even made a little trailer for it so when she wasn't crazy about it i i, I could walk away feeling like you know it's not for her i'm really still confident in this and i i like what i have here um so i, I shelved it because like eventually the other producer was unable to stay on board but the idea is still intact and I have all the materials still. So at some point in the future, if I'm able to do it, then I'd love to. So,
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so I wanted to run this by you and get your opinion on it. I'm writing a new script right now and it's, I think we talked about it on the podcast. It's that one based off the dream that I read you the first seven pages of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know no matter, like if I was to present it right now, I know it would be compared to Pulp Fiction. And I don't want it to be so like I'm actively writing against that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's similar in the sense that it's an ensemble piece and it's a bunch of stories, smaller stories that will converge into one bigger thing. Even though Pulp Fiction doesn't necessarily all come together at the end mm-hmm. like this one will, It, I think people will kind of get that vibe from it. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking because I had someone the other day say, what are you writing? And I was like how do I pitch this thing? And Mm -hmm. two thoughts came into mind. A, if you're writing something and you're like, okay, I'm kind of in the middle of figuring this out myself. I don't really know how to pitch this yet. Then that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't really know how to communicate this to you yet. I'm still figuring it out myself. Give me some time. And once I figure it out and it's fully written, then I'll come to you and I can pitch it. Mm-hmm. And then B, I was like, if people compare this to Pulp Fiction, or if I think people are going to, what? how do I think Tarantino pitched Pulp Fiction? So, like, right now, if I was to say, Latif, I've never seen Pulp Fiction, what's it about? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Because, like, that's a hard movie to pitch, man.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think there are some, there are probably some movies that you can't just you can't pitch. Like, you have to just, mm-hmm. like, present, like, some material that gives you the the broad the broad picture of what's going on. You know, like, uh, imagine having to pitch Magnolia or Boogie Nights to people. There's so many characters, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so big that it's hard to, like, just, like, here's the movie. Um, you know, similar with, like other Tarantino films with like a bunch of characters it might be hard to like just give you the the simple pitch so you know it might be helpful to even have like a one page um synopsis and that be the pitch for something like the the materials um that you think will best help you give your story to. and you know when we're talking about this we're talking about the independent level we're not talking about pitching to you know Studios or anything so oh yeah like uh, we're just i'm like i'm thinking just like using the simplest tools you have to get story across and sometimes you know simple might be a page of like explaining the story as opposed to like a log line which sometimes just doesn't do it
1: yeah yeah i completely agree and on the note of just because you mentioned log lines you ever write those
0: yeah I mean, they're necessary. Sometimes they're required for submissions and stuff like that. Mm. Um, what do you think? Uh, they're they're not fun to write. <laughs> they're difficult. No, they are not. It's just the kind of like crunching together of your story into something that that's supposed to sound like a newspaper headline. It's not easy to do. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so real quick, going back to something like. Pulp fiction, or one of those movies you mentioned, if it was you that was trying to get a film like this off the ground, and you, you know, you happen to bump into a dude, he's like, I've got 15 minutes, let's get a coffee, and I've got five million dollars, talk me into this. How would you pitch something complex and, for lack of a better word, convoluted like those stories?
0: I think I'd r- really. I wouldn't get into like super story specific stuff in 15 minutes because you'll quickly run out of those (laughs) minutes. I think I'd start with more like tonal uh, references and, and kind of mashing together like different things, like trying to use like interesting language to like give you like a booster shot of what the movie's supposed to feel like it's really hard to go into like who a character is in that kind of time unless it's only about one guy
1: yeah definitely and you you brought up a word right there that is usually my default which is theme so like when we were when i pitched party stories to you i could kind of pitch like a general theme it's people people hanging out like you mentioned last night together very naturalistic bunch of friends and it's that kind of vibe i mean that's not a theme but it's a tonal kind of vibe right Mm -hmm. and then for what we don't say it was like here's the beginning here's the end here's the kind of themes here's the tone it was very succinct like it because it's that one kind of through story but with something like again going to pulp fiction like to me i would say pulp fiction doesn't have any themes i actually don't think tarantino's movie's have themes very often it doesn't mean that they're not awesome cuz they are mm-hmm. but then going back and saying like if you're in this 15 minutes saying okay what's my theme that'll be the easiest way to get this across and like fuck i don't know if there's a theme <laughs> like i think you just got to keep boiling it down and in that same sense of i took what we don't say to you when i had thought about it enough that I was like, okay, I think I can communicate this now. Like, it, this script I'm writing, it's to a point where I need to keep internalizing it and keep figuring it out. And that's, if you're in that same position, anyone listening, it's not a bad thing. It just mm-hmm. means you got a bit more work to do and you'll get there.
0: You know, if I had to just like pick something out of the air as an example, like say I had 15 minutes to meet with some guy and talk about the Revenant and I was going to make mm-hmm. the Revenant, I'd be like, he'd be like, all right, so what's this damn movie about? And I think I'd start with the movie is about betrayal and then talk about this guy loses everything he has. And then he's on, on, um, beeline towards vengeance and he wants to get this guy back. And by the end of the film, he realizes it's not really worth it. And he actually lets go at that point. Um, and you know, that might give you a really quick, like, that's what the movie's about then you can talk about like it's it's in the winter it's in the forest it's grimy and disgusting and it's cold it feels awful but it's also beautiful and there's nature and it's supposed to be this like weird mix-up of all these things and you know you're bracing the wilderness but there's there's a lot of stuff going on inside these characters have a lot of like conflicting feelings and you know you can kind of go in that direction and i I personally i'd have like a google drive ready to go with you know folders with just like pictures you know photography location pictures that i think might look interesting and just like you know take a look at these images while i talk about whatever and see if that helps
1: yeah totally and one i I think this will actually be a really good story to end the episode on Mm -hmm. um with this story the point I'm trying to get at is there's no one way to do this. So, like, I think just in this episode, we've talked about a bunch of ways that you can go about pitching or communicating your vision. But all those ways have similarities. So, right. the story I'm about to tell you now doesn't share any of that. And it's like a you know, call it a 10-second pitch. Mm-hmm. So, this is a true story. Uh, this is how James Cameron got the movie Aliens Made. Right. So he had a meeting with whatever company owned the right to Alien. He's like, and this is told from the point of view of the executive, he's like, James Cameron walked in. He looked at us, just kind of nodded, didn't say anything. There was a whiteboard behind him. He turned around, he wrote Alien. Then he turned around and looked at us, waited for a second, turned around, wrote an S at the end of Alien, so it made Aliens. Turned around, looked at us, then turned back around and turned the S into a money sign. And he was like, we greenlit him that day for 20 million dollars. He didn't say a word. (laughs) And he got them to give him twenty million dollars. So like there is no right way to do this. The only right way to do it is to do it in a way where you get your thing made. (laughs) You
0: know? Absolutely. That's that is like a super confident pitch.
1: (laughs) Right. i remember watching the interview with the executive that said that and i'm like that is like he just walked in there and flopped his dick on the table and was like give me money
0: (laughs) that was that was like if george made it back to the office and gave his comeback (laughs) (laughs) i hope some of us know what what i'm talking about too good
1: all right. Well, until next time, this has been FilmCraft. I am Matt Ralston. I am Latif. And we'd like to thank Acast for sponsoring us for another week. Yeah. Thank you, Podcast Daddy.
0: Wherever you are. Yeah. Well, we'll have a bunch of episodes coming out pretty soon as well. So keep on yeah. listening.
1: Totally. All right. till next time. See you. Bye.